We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome in to Vern's Post Game Show. Massey not stopping in second and slides into third with a two-run triple. Here's Josh Vernier. Boy. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate you keeping it on 610 Sports Radio, opening up that Odyssey app. However you're listening to this show right now, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I don't know what you're expecting from this show tonight. As Lord knows, the Royals didn't give us much. Okay, Jordan Lyles, no doubt we're going to talk about Jordan Lyles, but... With all due respect to the aforementioned Jordan Lyles, I don't know if the free agent right-hander is getting you fired up, Kansas City. I... 4 nothing is the final score. The Royals are shut out for a fourth time this season. That's the most in baseball. Royals have dropped four straight for the first time this season. Lost seven of their last eight and fall nine games below 500. Phone lines are open for you. 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. I don't want to talk about the offense because it feels that we've spent this time talking about the offense in what? 13 of the first 17 games? You know it. I know it. We all understand the we all understand the issues this offense has been dealing with. I'd love to sit here and scream about Hunter Dozier and those two errors that he made in the first inning. I'd love to do that. I mean, I would much rather sit here and celebrate just a grown man effort from Jordan Lyles. First inning, I mean, before any of the 11,000 that were in attendance tonight, before a majority of those people sat in their seats, Hunter Dozier already made two errors. Before Jordan Lyles could find a groove on the mound, he found himself with three runs already on the board. I understand he's the one that left that first pitch sweeper in the middle of the plate that Josh Young did not miss. Three-run bomb, 441 feet over the left field wall. Yes, that was a bad pitch by Jordan Lyles. But Josh Young should have never come to the plate in that first inning. If Dozier makes those two plays, it's a one, two, three first, And who knows what the final line looks like for Jordan Lyles. Even with those two errors... Even with his defense sending a negative jolt throughout the fan base right out of the gate, Jordan Lyles is still able to go eight innings of two-run baseball. Two runs on three hits, three walks, three strikeouts. 
Jordan Lyles was pitching his freaking tail off tonight. He made two bad pitches. The aforementioned sweeper to Josh Young in the first, and then he put a changeup on a tee to Marcus Semyon in the third. But two home runs should not beat you, especially when those two home runs should have been solo bombs. But here's the thing. Even if Dozier makes those plays, the Royals still lose. They got one hit. One freaking hit. I wish Jacob DeGrom pitched longer. I wish we could go, well, what are you going to do? Jacob DeGrom may be the best right-handed. Of course he carved up the Royals. And he did, but only for four innings. Four no-hit innings from Jacob DeGrom, and then he hands it off to Dane Dunning, who spins four and a third innings of one-hit baseball. A single from Matt Duffy in the fifth inning is all the boys can muster tonight. Phone lines are open for you, 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. Let's start off with J.D. leaving the K. J.D., what do you think, man? This team sucks. Um, basically, I'm not going to talk about the hitting. I mean, it's just – it reminds me a lot of a team that's going to lose like 115 games or more. Uh, what What is the deal? Why can Mikhail Garcia not come up yet? Is there a reason? Well, I, listen, you know, it's certainly not my decision. Thanks for the phone call, J.D., uh, yeah, the reason is Hunter Dozier's going to get at least a month and a half. They're not going to DFA Hunter Dozier without getting, um, giving him every opportunity to build some sort of trade value. I know that sounds foolish, but the Royals got something for Carlos Santana. They got something the year before for Jorge Soler. We never thought that was going to happen. I wouldn't expect Hunter Dozier to be shown the door until the end of May. Now, he might lose playing time before that, but not until we at least get to May. Michael Garcia will be here at some point this season, barring injury. Um, but it really comes down to third base. Because Kyle Isbell's getting every opportunity in center field. That, in my opinion, is not the avenue for Michael Garcia. Shortstop, that's Bobby Witt Jr.'s spot this season. In this evaluation season of 2023, the Royals need to find out what they have in Isbell in center field. Drew Waters in left. Uh, MJ Melendez in right. Vinny at first. You just heard Matt Cotrero talk about this. Bobby's going to get those opportunities at short, and Hunter Dozier is going to continue to get those opportunities at third base. I think it would continue at least until late May. For as much as we want professional sports to be the ultimate meritocracy, it's not. Sometimes the paycheck dictates who's in the lineup and who's not. And the paycheck for Hunter Dozier still reads $16 plus million. This season, next season combined, the Royals still owe him $15, $16 million. 
JD, thanks for the phone call. 913-586-7610 is our phone number. Royals are shut out again. The Royals are one hit at home by Jacob deGrom, Dane Dunning, and Jose LeClerc. Let's go to Will, who's leaving the stadium as well. Will, you're on 610 Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, Vern. Thanks for taking my call. Um, first thing, I want to just give props out there to Jordan Lyles. Um, yeah. He pitched, like you said, a grown man game. He wore it on the chin in the first, really bounced back and threw seven more strong innings after that. But it was all for not anyways because, I mean, this team couldn't hit water if they fell off a freaking boat. Uh, and it, it's really frustrating to me. But uh, I guess the main thing I really want to talk about is that I'm done being mad at Hunter Dozier. It's not Hunter Dozier's fault that he's out there playing 140 games a year. That is an organizational flaw that they went and made the mistake of a four-year, $25 million contract after the luckiest offensive season of all time. And that is a contract that shouldn't be an albatross on any team. But for this organization, we cannot get past it. And I don't even have a question for you. I'm just here to vent. And uh, I, thanks for being my therapist, Vern. You got to be paid like one. So <laughs> thanks for listening. Yeah. Hey, no. I. You, by the way, guys, you never need to ask me a question. Just, you know, a handful of you, a lot of you know just as much as I do. Now, I like being the place where you vent. I just, again, I'm grateful you're listening. But that's a really good point. Um, $16 million in the baseball world isn't a ton of money in my world it's oh my god baby girl we did it (laughs) you know crying and whatnot uh but no in the professional sports world major league baseball world it's it shouldn't be an albatross i agree with you uh, wholeheartedly now the only thing that well it's not even that i disagree with you it's it's i can't get on that bandwagon of what a stupid contract because when the Royals signed Hunter Dozier to that contract, I was all for it. I always try to be truthful. I'm not trying to use the benefit of hindsight. I could easily lie to you right now. Not many of you were listening back in 2019. <laughs> um, but no, I was a fan of it because I uh, stupidly uh, didn't realize that everyone had a good year in 2019 with that juice ball. I just loved the all, uh, all the tools that it appeared Hunter Dozier had. Speed on the base paths, gap-to-gap power, versatility defensively, good guy in the clubhouse, good guy in the community. I was all for it. Honestly, I thought it was going to end up similar to the Whit Merrifield deal where the guy made his debut so late, late uh, in life, mid 20s that he's not going to hit free agency until he's already passed his 30th birthday so you got that guy over a barrel why not give yourself some cost certainty give him some security as far as money up front guaranteed money honestly the contract that Dozier signed the contract that Whit Merrifield signed I don't know if you can get away with those exact numbers for Vinny Pasquantino, but I do feel like it's a similar situation in that guy's not going to be a free agent until after his 30th birthday. You got him over a barrel. You might as well take care of yourself, take care of him. 
but hey, hey, if Will, if you were on it, if 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 you disagreed with that Dozier contract when it happened, uh, kudos to you. But I can't sit here and uh, jump on that bandwagon knowing full well I was uh, <laughs> campaigning for Hunter Dozier back then. So uh, there you go. There, there's there's more proof that many of you know just as much as I do. Phone lines are open, 913-586-7610. The Royals are now 4-13 and on the season. Let's go to Guy in Lee's Summit. Guy, you're on 610 Sports Radio. Go ahead. Oh, good, Josh. I always love talking, hearing your show, talking on your show. Thanks, man. There's two things I'd like to address. Number, this is so similar this year to the 2012 season, which was Salvi and Moose and Haas's very first full year. They started out 3-13. and 13. Mm. And Ned Yost was like, let them play. But we yeah. started out 3-13, and 13, so very similar. So... I want to just tell everyone in Radio Land, give them a minute. I mean, I'm still with Piccolo and Sherman and Quartero. And my number two thing is I just think shake up the batting order. I'm really, I don't like him, Jay, even at the top at all. Why is he at the top? And we have a guy who could be in the number two slot that is awesome, the best bunter in baseball. Nicky Lopez. I love the Quatero sees enough in Nicky Lopez. He plays him almost every day. When Bobby Witt gets that hit, let turn Nicky loose. Let him if he wants to bunt him over to second, if he wants to hit, let Nicky do what he does. Put a good number two guy in that hole. Then mix up that lineup. We got the players. And we got the pitching. I came from the game tonight also, my second game of the year. And I thought it was a fast game, but Lyles pitched good. We got the guys. I mean, we swung and missed all night long tonight, but no two games are alike. But Nicky, I just want him in that two-hole. When he came up in 2019, for a minute, we had him in the number two slot, and he thrived. He thrived. And, and I'm just – and. Radio Land, don't give up on the Royals. We're not that bad. I mean, we always get off to 9 and 20 starts so many years, and it just is what it is. But if we can end up 72 and 90, that's what we ended up in 2012. I'll deal with that. And then I'll next year we right go now. out and get some stud pitchers. Yeah. So I'll that's take all that. I got to say. Guy, thanks for the phone call. Great phone call. A few things that you hit on. First of all, yes, it was a very quick game. Two hours and two minutes. The fastest nine-inning game at Kauffman Stadium since 2007. So 15 years there. Uh, the Royals did swing and miss a bunch tonight. 21 swings and misses tonight from the Royals' offense. Uh, nice recollection of 2012. Guy, you're right. 3-13, and 13, actually 3-14. and 14. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's all starting to come back to me now. Yep, yep, that had the uh, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12-game losing streak. Yeah. Royals were 3-2 and two and then lost 12 in a row. Yeah, Ho Chaver and Luis Mendoza. I love Luis Mendoza. Bruce Chen. Man, that's right when I got to town. I loved that team. And you're right. Yeah, 72 and 90. I think we would all sign off on that. 
correct? Text lines, uh, the J Southland Tow Service text line. Let me get that straight. The number is 913-586-7610. Same as our phone number, 913-586-7610. Royals are shut out again, fourth time this season, most in baseball. And Guy, uh, your your point about MJ Melendez, Nikki Lopez, I was just talking about this with Annie Rogers of MLB.com. Just having this conversation. Now, the reason why MJ's hitting 1-2 is, again, 2023 is an evaluation season. You hit him near the top of the lineup. That's going to give him an extra 50 to 80 at-bats by the end of the season. But I know there is a question of whether or not the Royals are doing a disservice to MJ. Because when MJ is on a championship team, he's not he's not likely the number two hitter, right? Probably hitting four, five, six, somewhere in there, a home run or bust type of player. That sure can draw the walks on occasion, but likely a high strikeout, high power guy. So yeah, I've I've thought about whether or not MJ should be dropped in the lineup, hit fifth, hit after Salvador Perez, and bump exactly what you said, bump Nicky Lopez up to the two spot. Now, guy, that is, that's the classic number two hitter, right? That, that That's the number two hitter that you and I grew up on. In today's baseball, you want your three best hitters, the three highest OPS guys on your team hitting one, two, three, because, again, you want them to have the most at-bats. And the baseball I grew up on was your number two hitter, was your best bat-to-ball contact, the hit-and-run guy, the guy, as you mentioned, that can lay down a bunt. And, yes, Nicky Lopez is the perfect guy there. And the scenario that you lay out, Bobby leading off, getting on base, maybe Nicky lets him steal second first and then lays down a bunt. Way to get us going. Great calls so far after uh, just uh, awful baseball game. Awful result to a baseball game. 913-586-7610. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. If if Nicky Lopez is, is hitting two tomorrow against Nate Evaldi, yeah, you won't hear me complain. But I'm old school. I'm an old fuddy-duddy when it comes to this. Tomorrow, by the way, it's Brad Keller and Nate Avaldi. pair of right-handers go at it. First pitch is at 6.40. I'll be on the air with the on-deck show beginning at 5.30, live from Craft and Draft, giving you a chance to win a pair of tickets to see Lorenzo Kane come home to retire a Royal. Just make sure you're listening to 610 Sports Radio or on the Odyssey app at 5.30 tomorrow afternoon for your chance to win those tickets. All right, let's go back to the phone calls. 913-586-7610. Let's go to Josh in Kansas City. Excuse me, that's Jake in Kansas City. Jake, go ahead. Oh, John. Man, I'm, I'm doing a real bad job so far. John, I apologize, but you're on the postgame show. Okay, you got me now? I do, I do. That's on me. That's okay, Evern. okay. Yep. I, I had two points, and I don't know which one upsets me the most. Uh, number one, yeah. uh, you, you look at the current lineup we're running out there every night. How many of these players 
would start on a, at least a 500 baseball team. We have, on some nights, we have two major league starters on the field. And if they would ever get smart and move Bobby Wick to third, and then we could put Nicky in short, then we got three major league players on the field. That would take care of our defense at third base. Our outfield, we don't have a major league outfielder on the team. Oliveras, between his errors, and, oh, my goodness. I just, we're not a major league baseball team. We've got some guys that have shown a 40, 50 game potential from last year, but they're still, they're, they're, they've done nothing so far to start this year to say that they're a major league baseball player. The other point I want to make is of all the aspects that we do bad so far this year, our starting pitching has actually been a surprise in my Excellent. opinion. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, Barlow is how many? He's blown how many games? We got Chapman sitting back there. Why is Chapman the eighth inning guy right now, and Barlow is the, is the ninth? It's a track uh, record. He's blown what? Two games in the last week. He's taken two losses. That, yeah, one of them was a tie. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, you flip those, and 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 maybe the four and thirteen doesn't look so bad. At at, at you know six and eleven. But anyway, those are my thoughts. I appreciate you taking my call. I'm gonna uh, get off here and just listen to you on the air, buddy. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate the phone call. Well, uh, you know, t- to your point about it being a major league team, we both agree that the rotation has been impressive. I don't think you can say anything negative about Granke, about Jordan Lyles, Chris Bubich when he was healthy, uh, you know, Brady Singer, what he did last season speaks for itself. I think that will continue over the course of 2023. Brad Keller's been impressive. So, okay, so you got to admit that he got some big leaguers in the rotation. And like I said after that, well, all three of those Atlanta games. It was very obvious that the Braves had big-name guys in their prime, finished products that were consistently producing. On the other side, the Royals, I'll ask you the same question. Who do they have that is in their prime Big-name guy in their prime that produces on a consistent basis. I I really think Salvador Perez is the only one. And Salvi, in my opinion, is in the final year of his prime. Nicky Lopez, yeah, yeah, 27, he's in the middle of his prime. But Nicky Lopez isn't uh, one of those aircraft carrier type of players where get on my back I'm leading us to a victory tonight like a Salvi like a Ronald Acuna and Austin Riley uh, Corey Seager when he's healthy for the Rangers so I I wouldn't go as far as saying that the Royals only have I think you said two or three major league players I mean I'll agree that they have two or three finished products Nicky Lopez, Salvador Perez. Yeah, two or three finished products in their prime. Brad Keller, maybe Brady Singers at the beginning of his. But you can't convince me that Bobby Witt Jr. is not a big leaguer. And as far as you wanting him to go over to third base, yeah, I'm not going to fight you on that. 
whether it's Nikki at shortstop, it's Michael Garcia at shortstop, whatever. I'm not going to fight you on that. I'll take some of the defensive burden off of Bobby, but hey, you know what? I'm not. We can only fight that for so long. 2023, as everyone will tell you, it is an evaluation season, and Bobby Witt Jr. at shortstop is maybe priority number one when it comes to these evaluations, whether or not he can be the shortstop for this franchise for the next decade. At the end of this season, they'll make a decision. Does he go back to the hot corner, or is he the guy at short moving forward, moving into a new downtown stadium? You can't convince me that Vinny Pasquantino isn't a big leaguer. Again, he, he's one of, uh, I think it was 10 or 11 guys in all of Major League Baseball with more walks than strikeouts and an OPS north of 900. I'd sign Vinny up right now. Uh, you know, MJ Melendez is going through it, so now's not the time to uh, boast about him being a bona fide big leaguer. I'll agree with you on this, though. Yeah, they don't have very many finished products. I don't think there's any debate there. 913-586-7610. Let's go to Jake in Kansas City. You're on the postgame show as the Royals drop the opener to the Rangers for nothing. Hey, Vern, it's Jake. Um, so I want to give you a little bit of an insight that I don't really hear on this show often. Um, I'm a beer vendor at Kaufman, and I feel as if the the environment is gone. There is no uh, – no one seems to want to be there when it comes from the players to the fans. Uh, I've never seen a start this negative. What do you think as a team we need to or can do to try and turn this around to bring the Royal Faithful back into this? And the pieces of the puzzle that we have right now, I feel could be what we could – what we need – but I don't think they're in the right spot. What are your thoughts on that? I'm gonna Jake, let me ask you – hang on. Jake, yeah. let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. What is it about – okay, I understand your point about it, it seems as if the fans don't want to be there. Uh, what, what are you seeing that makes you feel that the players don't want to be there? Because I, I, I don't get that feeling. I'm curious why you do. Well, so let's not talk the whole team, I guess. We get – as someone who's an employee at the stadium, you get a lot of – background behind the scene information and you get to be able to see some of the stuff going on and it seems that the energy isn't there pregame with some of these guys on the field and I'm just trying to figure out if everyone here is having doubts or if this is just a bad slump we're starting off with just like the couple callers ago said our three and 12 start or three and 13 start but at some point something's got to turn around yeah. It just yeah. seems that from the player standpoint, a fan standpoint, that it seems from the fans at least, they're, they're starting to lose all hope. Um, and it looks as if from a employee standpoint behind the scenes, uh, you're getting not the same vibe from the players and staff that work there. Makes sense. I got you, Jake. Thanks for the phone call. Thanks for all that yeah. you do for the Royals fans out here at the K. Um, few things to touch on there. Um as someone that's in the locker room or the clubhouse almost every day, the energy's terrific, in my opinion. And, and maybe that's just because the 
uh, morgue-like feeling inside the clubhouse last year. Now, they've only played 11 games at home. They've only played 17 games total. I would hope that everybody's still in good spirits. Or I would hope that everyone's able to muster up enough energy to go give it your all despite the fact that you lost the night before. That's still happening. Hopefully, it's still going on in August and September if things continue to go down this path. But I think maybe on the field, you know, as guys are warming up, if you're watching them in the dugout, you're saying, man, doesn't seem like they, they, they have a lot of energy. In my opinion, there's a few reasons why. Uh, first of all, uh, they're losing a large majority of the time. Uh, they're punchless offensively. And that lineup is littered with, as the previous caller said, Guys that are still trying to find their footing in the big leagues. You don't have very many comfortable starters. And I mean, Salvador Perez knows who he is. As a man, as a ball player, as a hitter, as a defender, knows his role inside that clubhouse, and knows that he's here to stay. Who else in that lineup checks all those boxes? knows who they are as a man, as a ball player, where they fit in in this organization, in this sport, in this city. I mean, there are so many guys, even a Bobby and MJ of Vinny, guys that have done something of note at a rather young age. I'm listening to Bobby earlier today on MLB Network acknowledge that there are still some times where I'm trying to do too much myself, trying to carry the entire team when I know all I can do is my job and hand the baton off to the next guy and think team first. So Bobby doesn't even have it all figured out. Uh, Certainly MJ, certainly Vinny, Kyle Isbell, Hunter Dozier, Matt Duffy. Uh, Nicky Lopez still doesn't have a set position, still doesn't have assurance that you're an everyday ball player. Nate Eaton. Everybody in the lineup outside of Salvador Perez can't be very comfortable. So I think that adds to the uh, missing energy at times. It reminds me of a quote that it reminds me of something that Danny Duffy used to always say. When I would ask Danny Duffy about leadership and if he's taken the young pitchers under his wing, Duffy would always say, Man, I'm, I'm still figuring out myself. And to me, it reminds me of when you're on an airplane and they tell you, you know, put on your oxygen mask first before attending to anyone else. You know, take care of yourself before you take care of your kid or your teammate or the person sitting next to you. I think that's what's going on right now with a lot of these Royals hitters and these Royals defenders. Because, shoot, man, if you're not pressing at the dish because you're not getting it done, some of these guys are pressing defensively. Olivares has made, by my count, at least four mistakes. Hunter Dozier made two in the first inning. So even if you're hitting well, sometimes that defense can get in your head. Uh, Appreciate the phone call. And as far as the fans are concerned, I I mean, that's been kind of my theme for the season. That's why I landed on 
2023 being known as the campfire. Because at the beginning, when you first get the news, we're going to the campfire, you get there, it seems like we're going to have a great time. Oh, look at all these people that are here. Look how pretty that's going to be. Man, they got it all stacked perfectly. This thing is going to burn for days. Anybody bring a lighter? No? Uh, who, who can get this fire started? Okay, well, we got some new coaches. They're supposed to be good with their hands, but they can't do it alone. We need a spark. Where's that spark coming from? I can still see the embers burning of Salvi and Bobby and Vinny Pasquantino, so I know there's a chance. We just need to get it going, just need to get it lit, need to get it burning. We need kindling around those embers of Bobby, of Brady, Perez, and Pasquantino. You, you, you got something there, but have you surrounded it with enough kindling? And where is the spark? Because if the fire doesn't start, and it hasn't yet... If the fire doesn't start, everyone's leaving this campfire. No one's trying to sit around outside in the dark, in the cold. That's not fun. Give me something to watch. Give me a nice, blazing, warm fire. We'll hang out here all summer. That fire hasn't started in the first three weeks of the season, and that's why, in my opinion, you're not feeling that energy from the fan base. Because even though you and I understand the the changing of the guard within this organization, to a lot of Kansas Cityans, to a lot of Royals fans, it's just year seven since we've been to the playoffs. New GM, new owner, we don't want to hear it. You've been losing a lot. It looks like you're losing again. I'll save my money for fill in the blank. Appreciate the phone call. There's a line open for you. The text line's there as well. The number is 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. Royals are shut out for the fourth time this season. Played 17 games. They lose tonight 4-0 in the opener to the Texas Rangers. We'll head inside the clubhouse and get back to your thoughts after this. Burns Post Game Show on your home for Royals Baseball, 610 Sports Radio, and the Odyssey app. The NFL. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Vern's Post Game Show. Here's Royals insider Josh Vernier. 4 nothing is the final score. Royals are one hit by the Rangers in game one of this three-game series. And the boys fall to 1 and 10 this season at the K. Phone lines are open for you 913 586 7610. That's 913 586 7610. And it really, well, there are plenty of reasons why it's unfortunate that the Royals lost tonight. Um, maybe none more so than Jordan Lyles. For the fifth time in his career, he spins eight innings. Eight innings of two-run baseball. Two earned runs, of course. Honestly, could have been one. Hunter Dozier makes a pair of errors in the first inning. And then it's a three-run home run to Josh Young. A first-pitch sweeper in the middle of the plate. 
The young third baseman did not miss it. The only other mistake made tonight by Jordan Lyles was that changeup he put on a tee to Marcus Semyon. That came in the third inning. Royals were down 3-0 after the first, 4-0 after the third. So they were obviously always in the game, could just never get anything going offensively. A grand total of four base runners. A walk for Bobby Witt Jr. Nate Eaton reached on an error. Matt Duffy had the only base hit, a single to center. And Vinny Pasquantino drew a walk to extend his personal on-base streak to 12 games. Unfortunately, Jordan Lyles takes the loss. He's now 0-3 on the season. Same record as Zach Greinke, even though those two have been uh, terrific this year. Let's hear what Jordan Lyles had to say after these eight innings of wonderful work against the Texas Rangers. All, well, I don't want to say all for naught because he still saved the bullpen and put him in a good position tomorrow. Allows Brad Keller to let it eat. Hey, Keller, give us a solid five, man. Put up zeros for four or five innings tomorrow, and then we could deploy that bullpen and even up this series. Bally Sports Kansas City and Annie Rogers of MLB.com caught up with Jordan Lyles after the game. Uh, unfortunate first inning. Um, <clears throat> obviously, Doge Hunter feels bad for those couple plays. And then my first slider to Young. Um, first slider of the game, just left and middle, middle. He put a good swing on it, and it, it went pretty far. And then I guess the only other run was... Um, uh, Simeon and my, I th one of my first or one of my few righty righty changes I've done this year. I left it too much middle middle, and he put a good swing on it. Um, other than that, there's a lot of qu first quick first pitch uh, outs, a lot of pop ups, um, not too much traffic after that. Pretty quick. Yeah, the tempo seemed seemed pretty quick too. Like you said, those those quick innings probably helped with. As in what, how fast I'm moving. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be like that when no one's on base. Um, I've always moved pretty quick, um, or, or tempo-wise. Pitch clock uh, is obviously goes in my favor in that. Um, in regards to me uh, keeping that quick tempo. Um, but, yeah, a lot of quick outs, not too much traffic, not a lot of guys on second base where I'm, I'm trying to slow things down, going back and forth. Um, so... Uh, obviously, with DeGrom coming out early and then Dunning pitching really well, it came down that first inning, and I made a bad pitch the, to the third batter of the game. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, but uh, like he was out on the mound, Jordan Lyles a pro after the game. Uh, second pitch out of the right hand of Jordan Lyles, ground ball to Hunter Dozier. Uh, he spikes it to Vinny Pasquantino and Semyon's on with an error. The next batter, the left-handed hitting uh, Jankowski, lays down a sacrifice bunt. Hunter Dozier charges, tries to bare hand, fumbles, and Jankowski is safe. So two on, nobody out. Jordan Lyles, two well-executed pitches, should have turned into two outs. Instead, it's uh, nobody out. Next batter pops out to Bobby Witt Jr. That should be the end of the first inning. Instead, it's not. And then two pitches later, the aforementioned first slider of the game is deposited 441 feet over the left field wall.
So that's why I say case can be made. Jordan Lyles should be at his locker right now celebrating eight innings of one-run baseball. Maybe nine innings of one-run baseball. Because what should what should have been a one, two, three first inning on two, three, seven pitches turned into a 17-pitch first inning. So an additional 10 pitches. But just so very impressed with the way that he uh, locked in. We've all seen plenty of pitchers. And, and you know what? I, I can understand a, a, a pitcher allowing things out of his control to mess with him. Okay, my defense is letting... I, I feel like we saw this, especially in like uh, 2021 from Brad Keller, where he would pitch well. Uh, defense would boot one behind him, and then, you know, whether he'd admit it or not, he would start saying, "All right, well, I got to do it myself. I got to make perfect pitches," and then everything would just unravel. But Jordan Lyles, uh, a six-pitch second inning, fourteen in the third, a four-pitch fourth inning, twelve in the fifth, ten in the sixth, eighteen in the seventh. 14 in the eighth, and as Q said earlier, he could have come back out for the ninth, but we haven't used Taylor Clark in four days, so we assumed he needed some work. 913-586-7610. Uh, speaking of Hunter Dozier, let's hear what he had to say. Bally uh, Sports Kansas City and Annie Rogers of MLB.com were there to ask the questions. DeGrom, he's the best pitcher in the league for a reason. Um, he's just... He's really good. I mean, he's done what he's done because he's just got really good stuff. You just got to take your hat off to that guy. And Dunning, um, uh, he looked good today too. His ball moves a lot. Um, throwing pitches for strikes and stuff. So they both did a good job. What are the challenges of facing DeGrom in back-to-back weeks too like that? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I feel like we're going on a pretty good stretch of uh, facing some really good teams and starting pitchers, but it's no excuses. Um, yeah, it's tough. He's a tough pitcher. Can you take us through that first ball you got in the first inning, the grounder? Yeah, just um, the ball just cut on me um, when I threw it. It just kind of sailed. Well, not sailed, but just cut. Um, yeah, that's really it. They came right back to you, too, on the second one. Um, just walk us through that one, too. Yeah, just a, a bunt and um, just kind of hopped up on me. Uh, kind of bobbled it just for a second and he's he's really fast so just gonna get him what, what do you make of a, a one in ten start at home just what, what what do you think you can't look too much into it i mean it's a long season um we just got to keep showing up working um doing what we can control um yeah it's not how we wanted to get off um but you know every guy in here is working hard every guy's trying to improve um we're competing out there, and that's really all we can control. What did you make of uh, Jordan today on the mound, his quick tempo, and being able to give you guys eight innings? Yeah, he was incredible, and that's why I you know, felt so bad when I made those two, uh, didn't make those two plays. But, um, you know, he, he looked really good for us, and I wish we just could have played better um, behind him and get some runs for him, but it's baseball. He's able to be kind of that veteran presence for you guys, like kind of like Zach on, on the mound, knowing that you're going to get a solid start from him either way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's been great for us, and tonight's just another example. 
Thanks also to Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star. Heard his voice in there asking questions. Uh, Good news. Well, good news in my world. Uh, This from the Royals and the official score has now changed. Jordan Lyles' final line. Good. Thank you. So now it is official. Jordan Lyles, uh, three unearned runs. Final line now for Lyles, eight innings, one earned run on three hits, three walks, and three strikeouts. Well, I'm glad they fixed that because Lord knows he deserves it. My game notes following this 4 nothing loss to the Rangers presented by Jay Southland Tow Service. Text line is open for you. The phone line is there as well. 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. We'll get back to your thoughts after this. Hey, Kansas City. This is Scott Barlow, and you're listening to the home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Vern's Post Game Show. Here's Royals insider Josh Vernier. Royals lose game one to the Rangers 4-0. They're one hit by Jacob DeGrom and Dane Dunning. DeGrom leaves after four no-hit innings. Dane Dunning comes in out of the bullpen. Was not expecting to come in out of the bullpen in the fifth inning, but he did and carved up the Royals. Four and a third innings of one-hit baseball. Both DeGrom and Dunning struck out five. Want to thank our sponsor, Rawhide Harley-Davidson, the number one volume Harley dealer in Kansas for supporting the show each and every game here at Kauffman Stadium. Thank you very much, Rawhide Harley-Davidson. Appreciate having you with us uh, again. Four or five years now here on the postgame show. Thank you. Uh, Thank you very much as the Royals fall to 4-13. and We appreciate your support. All right, let's see how long we can swim in the text line before we get grossed out. Text line number is 913-586-7610. From the 913, Vern, you're asking, where's the spark? Uh, If you don't think there's a spark now, wait until they move downtown. I don't understand that. I, I would think. You better have a better product on the field by the time you get downtown. If you're still careening toward 90 loss season after 90 loss season in a new ballpark, that will, I mean, this already isn't going over well in the city. Uh, Keep it going for another four years. Get real ugly. Mark writes in, Vern, this season reminds me of last year when the pitching started off good and we wore them out. And then when the bats came around, the pitching was already done. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult game. It is difficult to win a big league baseball game. You need a lot of things to go right. And this season, the Royals have not had very many things go right. Joey in Grain Valley shedding some love on Jordan Lyles and noting he really doesn't know what else to say other than giving love to Lyles. Man, I'm glad. I'm glad it's down to one earned run. Man, did he pitch well. Uh, <laughs> someone writing in to say that the beer vendor named Jake that called in are saying he's lying. Another beer vendor just wrote in saying, I've worked here for 15 years. Never heard anyone named Jake. 
His voice doesn't sound familiar. Vern, I know all the vendors, and Jake's a liar. All right. Jake, you SOB. You lied to me? From the 515, Vern, it was my first game of the year tonight. Players didn't seem to be having any fun. The energy was really low. Their heads were hanging. Could this be because we couldn't hit anything? Yeah, I think that's exactly the answer. They weren't having fun. How could you have fun? Getting your backside handed to you. From the 816, at least the weather was beautiful at the K tonight. Yeah, no doubt. Beautiful night. 69 degrees at first pitch. A two-hour and two-minute affair. Although, as I say that, you know what? I don't really care how, how as long as the game is close, I'll, I'll stay here all night. I mean, I like the pitch clock. I, who doesn't like the pitch clock? But I, I've never been to a baseball game and said, oh, my God, just let me get out of here. Always having the, especially if I'm here as a fan, I'll stay here all night. You kidding me? From the 816, Vern, I miss the reliable Royals defense. I mean, I can take a loss to better teams and being outplayed, but I hate when we beat ourselves. Fern, I can't stand it. Now, you know I'm with you. I talked about it earlier today on the On Deck Show. That's what has propelled me to freak out already twice this season. Fesco in the morning laughing at me about screaming yesterday on the postgame show. People on Twitter laughing at me for freaking out in the first homestand. I don't want to do it. I'm embarrassed when I do it. It's just the emotion and the anger sometimes take over. From the 816 and Jeff in Blue Springs, he writes in, Vern, the time to admit that this Q coaching style and approach ain't working. Not here anyways. The Tampa Rays actually had players as they applied their managerial style. In the past, it felt like Ned Yost was the manager of this team. It felt like Mike Matheny was the manager. Well, I don't know if I did a poor job reading that, but I'm not sure I understand what you're saying. Because I think you hit on a bigger point there. Yeah, the reason why it works in Tampa is because they're all, all, from what I've watched, they're all good baseball players, smart baseball players. The Royals don't have a team full of good baseball players. They have plenty of good baseball players. They have plenty of smart baseball players, but they're not all good. They're not all smart. I mean, the smart people, you know what I'm saying, baseball-wise. Look, there's no doubt the Royals, and I mentioned this again earlier today on the On Deck Show while talking about the self-inflicted wounds. 90% of the time that this Royals team takes the field, they're going to be at a talent disadvantage. So with that being known, you can't shoot yourself in the foot because it's always going to come back and bite you. Until the offense picks it up or the defense cleans it up, until one of those two, if not both of those things happen, 
The Royals have a very, very small margin for error because they don't have the talent that Tampa has. They don't have that pitching staff, even though the Royals' pitching staff's been impressive. They don't have those comfortable position players that know their role, know their place in the game, know their spot in the clubhouse, know who they are as a ball player, know who they are as a man. A lot of those guys in Tampa have seen it all, done it all, played in the highest of pressurized situations in the biggest of games. And again, outside of Salvador Perez, who on this team has? Text line's open for you, 913-586-7610. Rally Mantis uh, wants Hunter Dozier out of here. Okay, are we getting to that point? From the 785, Vern, at what point can we call this team really, really bad? Well, you can do whatever you want, so you can say it right now if you choose to. The record would tell you that they are the second worst team in Major League Baseball. The uh, run differential, which some people say uh, tells an even greater story than an early season record. Uh, The Royals' run differential, which is minus 32 after tonight's 4-0 loss. That minus 32 run differential is third worst in Major League Baseball behind only Oakland and Detroit. Now, personally, I haven't turned the page yet. I haven't embraced the evaluation season mindset yet. Fesco's been telling me since the beginning of the season to adopt that mindset, to not get hung up on wins and losses. Focus on the improvement of the young bats and the improvement of the pitchers. I'm not there yet. I'm still focused on wins and losses. I'm still looking at Stanton. Well, not, I'm not looking at the standings. Way too early for that. But I'm still getting angry after losses, elated after victories. Once that ends, keep in mind, last year that was early May when I waved the white flag and said it's not in the cards for these guys. Now, you may have done it sooner. Some of you may have already done it this year. I'm not there yet. Because that's ultra depressing for someone in my position to do. We got um, 145 games left. I don't want to come on the air for the next five months and talk about 2024. Because once I turn that page, once we admit, all right, it ain't happening this year, well, then we're talking about 2024. For God's sakes, it's not even May yet. I ain't mad at you, texter. I'm just just mad. Pam writes in. She wants the Royals to DFA Hunter Dozier. Scott in Phoenix. Scott writes in, tonight it was Dozier's defense, which with the way he's struggling on offense makes it useless to play him at all, contract notwithstanding. The offense is far too feeble to overcome the liability. Vern, like I said yesterday, if we don't stop the bleeding, these young players may give up mentally, and then it'll only get worse. Wow, yeah, that that's a, a fair concern. Um 
because we've certainly seen it happen in the past. I, I, I would like to believe that Bobby, MJ, Vinny are, are, are too early in their career. And again, to go back to so many of these guys are, are still yet to find their footing at the big league level. They better not check out mentally. You check out mentally and you're still being evaluated by your boss. You check out mentally, J.J. Piccolo is going to pick up on that. And if you're checking out mentally, I don't know if you got what it takes to be on a championship team. Now, the, the, to go along with your point, Scott, you know, if, if we don't stop the bleeding, the young players may give up mentally. The thing I worry about is if they don't stop the bleeding, that some of the young players view the organization as a losing organization. Brady Singer's eyes start to wander elsewhere. Certain guys start to realize, I might not get that big stage here in Kansas City. What I thought we were building, that might not happen. You know what? Maybe I'm not interested in sitting down with extension talks. Maybe I'm willing to run it all the way to free agency and go elsewhere. Go to a place where I can pitch in bigger games, pitch in front of big crowds, and maybe even make a lot more money on the field and off the field. That, that's what I worry about. Because the thing that always impressed me about Moose and Haas, uh, Lorenzo Cain and Alcides Escobar, is while everyone around him was telling him, hey, that, that KC hat you're wearing is a joke, man. The Royals are losers. They've always been losers. Moose, Haas, Cain, Esky, Salvi, Those were fighting words. Like, man, we won throughout the minor leagues. We're going to win here, too. Just give us some time. Moose and Haas, in my opinion, never embraced that Kansas City and the Royals organization are perennial losers. You don't want that thought seeping into any of these young players. Few more from the J Southland Tow Service text line. Uh, actually, before we get to that, let me quickly remind you: uh, night one of the NFL draft is the twenty seventh, ten days away. On that night, and that night only, as six ten Sports Radio covers the draft from all over this city. The Royals game is going to move over to the FM dial. My pregame show, my postgame show, and the game will air on our sister station, ninety six five Alt ninety six five. Thursday night, April 27th, night one of the NFL draft, the Royals game on Alt 96.5. Mark in Columbia writes in just to let everybody know that he felt bad for anyone that went to the game to see their team get shut out. Stefan writes in, Vern, please define the phrase in their prime. What is a baseball player's prime age? When do players peak? How much time do we give these guys to learn on the job? Vern, other teams bring up guys who seem to produce in short order. Why can't the Royals do the same, sign Stefan? That's a great question. Uh, And I don't know if this is what you're driving at, but you're 100% right in that it is not set in stone. For as much as Ned Yost has told us it takes two and a half years for a big leaguer to get comfortable and, and and show you who they truly are. Yeah, I remember Juan Soto. I remember Julio Rodriguez last season, right? 
Ronald Acuna Jr., Fernando Tatis. Yeah, there are plenty of guys that burst right onto the scene, no doubt. Um, and there are also guys that burst onto the scene, are great right away, and then flame out, whether it's because of injury or the rest of the league adjusting to them. In my opinion, the prime for a hitter, 27 to 32, that's what I would say. A pitcher might skew a little bit older. Uh, you know, a starting pitcher's prime you know, might be 28 to 33, 29 to 34, something like that. But, Stefan, if, if your point is, you know, Vern, you're giving him a pass somewhat because other players have been great at a young age, that's fair. Yeah, that's yeah, – you're, you're right about that. Um but that last championship team, I think they all kind of crescendoed in that peak between you know, 26, 27, and 31, 32. But yeah, yeah, it, it's, there, there are no hard and fast rules in this game. You, you, you act as if you got anything figured out, you're about to look like a fool, that's for sure few more from the text line from the 918. Vern, this is already getting hard to sit through nine innings, and it's only mid-April. From the 816, Hunter Dozier's a lost cause. From the 913, what are they going to do, Vern, once they know what they got with these bats? Once this evaluation season is over, what are they going to do with it? DFA Dozier? Trey Nicky Lopez? What? Well, I think it begins with Bobby Witt Jr., and, and what is Bobby? Is he the shortstop in 2024? Is he the third baseman? Uh, Dozier might not even be on the team at the end of the season. Nicky Lopez could be traded. Who knows? Now, the hope is, is that you know, Bobby's bat, MJ's bat, Vinny's bat, Salvi's bat, what we see on the mound from Lyles and Singer and the return, hopefully, hopefully, of Chris Bubich, is that you see enough that the ownership group pours some gasoline on this campfire and really gets this bad boy blazing with some free agent acquisitions. The evaluation season of 2023 will dictate how active this ball club is in free agency. Because if the questions that we have about this team come back to the negative, well, we got a ways to go, ladies and gentlemen. If, if Bobby and Vinny and MJ and Salvi's bat don't get consistent in the second half of the season, if Singer and Lyles, Lynch and Bubich don't prove to have the goods going into 2024, well, then I don't know where we are in this rebuild. But I fear it I fear it may be at the beginning. Raj in the Ozarks writes in, Vern, the Royals have the worst batting average at 202, second most strikeouts with 162, and Vern, it's simple, you can't win with those numbers. And I ain't going to argue with you there. I'll tell you that right now. So, Brad Keller, here we go. I told you, know, we, we talked about it earlier. You hope he doesn't put too much on his shoulders tomorrow. Just go out there and do what you've been doing since the beginning of spring training. Trust your defense. Trust your catcher. Trust your work. Trust your curveball. Brad Keller, Nate Avaldi tomorrow, 640 for the first pitch. 
I'll be on the air with the On Deck Show live from Craft and Draft beginning at 5.30. Thanks to Jed Marshall for the help back at the studio. Thanks to you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow, Kansas City. Enjoy your Monday night. Take care. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.